Hello, everyone. Damn it. I missed it. Sorry, there's a lot of things going on. Folks, this is Local Chat, episode 155. Perfect attempts at the intro, and I uh, just botched it there. Joining me this week is the one and only and beautiful Jake Terrio. Hello. And get ready for this reveal. Kyle Bailey's here. Oh, also beautiful, wow. handsome, and gorgeous. I love starting this episode off like anytime I, st I start recording myself it's just hey, oh shit like I can't believe <laughs> I screwed that up immediately that's that's how it always goes oh yeah um constantly uh yeah. folks we are here to talk about video games we're here to talk about all sorts of things all sorts of all sorts of things you know <clears throat> yep that's it that's the episode we're done um <laughs> Join uh, Ian is away this week. He said goodbye. I need to play Phantom Liberty. I'm gonna set aside a bunch of times to play time to play that. <laughs> and then I think he made it two hours is what I'm what I'm hearing for local sources. Two hours. Uh wild. Idris Elba showed like, up. Barely out of the intro. <laughs> he probably just started the game. Like the entire game. And was like, the why have I already played creator. this? And then, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just couldn't decide between penis one and two. I've already done this. <laughs> Oh, I can never decide between penis one too. Um, but I did save a chit chat portion from last week uh, because I figured I'll wait for the film boys uh, to be on it. Not that Ian's not a film boy, but I feel like you're accredited film boys. Um, he didn't go to film school, all right? So it doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> the same one. Technically, you didn't graduate, Jake. It's true. Technically, I'm a, I'm a college dropout. Yeah. So it doesn't count. No, all the all the cool people dropped out of college. So you've got yes. more street cred than I do. And no. Lungs. Oh, both of you did. I thought you finished college. I took uh, a, I did two semesters of college. Oh, that's okay. all I did. No degrees over here. Just drop my, my my respect for you. Just <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Damn it. <laughs> um, no. So I saved I over over the over the Christmas break here. Actually, New Year's Eve. Karen and I watched The Terminator, which is a Solid. film starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm -hmm. uh, among other people. Jim Cameron Clancy. Yep. Uh, I had never seen it before. L L Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton classic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 John, John, John. He's in that. Steve Riley. Sure. Yep. John C. Riley's in that. <laughs> uh, very Ramsey. young. John C. Riley. Uh, oh, yeah. She's great. She's great. Yeah. They're all in that. Um, <laughs> I, and I'd never seen it before. Uh, I just want to say, I would like to say, I would like to be on this podcast and say, <laughs> folks, Terminator, great movie. Uh, mm -hmm. Fantastic movie. I, although a lot of people probably don't like it, I immediately fell in love with the stop motion uh, like oh, effects. It's, oh, it's yeah. so good. <laughs> it's it's like, so good. It's all good. It's like, it's the rawest of that type of effects I've ever seen. It only like, it, it's it's such a nice comparison between where Cameron is now versus like how he started because like the makeup scene or not the makeup scene but when Arnold is fixing like his eye it looks mm. terrible like it looks really bad but it yeah works like it just yeah. works within the context so I don't know yeah it's almost like you put it in like the art film category and you're like yeah. okay I'll just like forgive all these it was the nineties uh, it was the yeah. Um, so then I watched Terminator 2. Now, I've Judgment heard a lot Day. of things about Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Judgment Day. Uh, and I, I, you know, I think it would have been different under different circumstances. 
It was also a movie I've never seen before. And I didn't like Terminator 2 as much as I liked Terminator 1. And I didn't like either of them as much as I thought I should like them. Which I think is surprising. Um, there, well, why? Why? why what, what do you think didn't connect for you? I don't know. Like, Terminator 2, first of all, I found uh, the child annoying. Uh, and I know... Welcome to James Cameron movies. I know. <laughs> and it's like, I, I get that. Like, I like Last Action Hero, but that kid is also annoying. Um, so that Never I was seen a, little, that. a little iffy. Oh, it's a pretty good movie. Iffy on. Um, I will say the CGI a lot better. Or uh, the oh, CGI yeah. a lot better. The practical effects also a lot better. The CGI still holds up. Like I can, I can see how the Metal Man would be done today and how it would be done better. But when you watch the movie, you like dismiss all the imperfections as that's just what the T one thousand is. So like, even though it's not perfect reflections like they would have today, you're just like, oh, the T one thousand probably has a composite that like doesn't fully reflect all the light. So like, it's good enough where like everything works still. Uh, and those scenes still look gorgeous. The updated Arnold mask almost quite fools you. And and it's like it's like so different from when he just has the makeup with showing like scratches and stuff that I'm like, why didn't they just go with the makeup the entire time? Um But I, I will say other than that, like I thought it was a fun movie and a great movie. It just like I feel like it didn't engage me as much as the original. Uh and that I, I will admit, not I do really like that the movie does the you don't know which Terminator is the bad Terminator for like the first 30 minutes until they reach the hallway scene where he like saves the kid. Uh, Good bit though, pulls that shotgun out of that box of roses. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. that moment is great. Um, So like, I'll give it all that. But like going back to it, like I finished both those movies and they're not like... Like, I would go, like, I want to go watch Commando and Total Recall again. Like, I didn't hmm. put them in that same category of, like, I just want to put Terminator 2 on, or I want to put Terminator on. Like, they didn't quite have that cult, like, attack on me that I thought they would. I if think for sense. me, and this, the, it, it, it does make sense. Um, I think for me, also, Jake, did you say Terminator was in the 90s? Am I misremembering? It's t original Terminator was like 80s. I think it was 84, right? Oh. Yeah, oh, it was like yeah. very, very 80s. Um, yeah. that, that you confused me. And I was like, was I wrong? But I'm pretty sure it's in the 80s. I'm Maybe T2 wrong. was in the 90s. I don't know. Um, anyway, the, I just wanted to call you out on your bullshit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a hack. I'm a fraud. <laughs> um, no, I, I think, okay, so there's like a, there's a definitely like a discrepancy between movies that I grew up watching from that era and movies that I saw way after from that era. So like Star Wars, obviously it was like 70s and 80s. Um, mm -hmm. And I grew up watching those movies. So they were, they were, approachable from you know a, a more of like a childhood aspect of life and terminator was very like r-rated like very mature very violent and stuff and star wars is not that and my dad loves terminator and he loves t2 but we didn't grow up watching it it was something like my dad knew about he saw in theaters um and then like was always like oh when you're old enough we can watch this or something like that so 
there's a little bit of like detachment from from the especially those movies. The difference, the the weird difference is that on the other side of the James Cameron uh, sphere, I watched Alien and Aliens from a very young age and love those movies. Like I love Aliens because my dad hyped it up and it was one of those movies where he was like, I love this movie so much. I don't care if you're old enough to see it. Like we're going to watch it. Um, so like I never had that with Terminator. And I think we I don't Jake, I don't know when you saw it um, like for the first time. But I remember I think I was in college when I when I watched it for the first time and I watched it from a much more like analytical technical perspective of like oh it's really cool how they did this or like I wonder how I would have approached the same problem so like there's a little bit of like detachment from enjoyment for that if that makes sense and mm -hmm. I don't like love Terminator the way I love like Aliens or Star Wars or something like that so I kind of I kind of get that yeah yeah I yeah I don't I, oh sorry you go Jake no, I mean, I just I was gonna I was gonna answer Kyle's question. It was college the first time that I saw uh, the Terminators. Um, even though my dad worked on press for Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines, the best. Um, one but I that would have been the mid two thousand. Was no not allowed to see it. But no, I think I think uh, Will your your uh, reception to the Terminator films is fair. I think J James Cameron is a much better. Uh, visual storyteller than he is a a like nuts and bolts writer like all mm -hmm. the scripts that he's written they're good scripts they're solid well constructed but um he's not going to win you know best original screenplay or best adapted screenplay it does what it needs to do to get to the meticulously thoughtful well constructed action set pieces yeah like that the back third of avatar the way of water rocks even I though that script on the I, whole is just like oh whatever i have the 4k remastered version of that movie and i'm waiting for the opportune moment to watch it because i mm -hmm. liked it so much as an experience oh yeah and, like i kind of don't want to forget how good that experience was and even though it's like you know i have like a nice tv and surround sound system it's not the same it's like watching mm -hmm. dune for the first not david lynch's dune uh the, the denis villeneuve dune for the first mm -hmm. time where it's like what, it just kind of washes over you it washes being you know a pun on the way of water uh that i did on purpose um but yeah i i don't think james J james if I can call him Jimmy, Jimothy. I don't think Jimmy. Yeah, Timothy, Jonathan. Um, I don't think that he writes to create something subtle. He knows what he's doing with yeah. with the entire lack of subtlety, and that's partially why people like him so much is because he's accessible and he's very good. Loud he's good at what he his his movies. If I had to like describe his filmography, is like chunky. It's just mm -hmm. like big, like like there's a lot of like machinery and it's like very like blunt, but it it just works because of the way it, it moves and, and shifts. So I don't know. I, I like I like James Cameron a lot. Yeah, you can definitely tell that he started as a storyboard artist. The way the the visual component to all his films, you is can very you can tell well he started out. as a trucker because he was a trucker <laughs> before he was a filmmaker, which is awesome. That truck scene in T two, yeah. Dude, he knows through the yeah. L.A. L.A. River, <laughs> insane. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, I, I, I think I agree with you. Like, I would rather. So I, I should explain again. Like, I was 
looking i was thinking oh terminator 2 or terminators gonna be a movie i slot into like my like 80s movie rotation but it's not quite like i don't i'm not driven to watch it again but what after you guys said uh, what i am driven to do is like i want to watch scenes again like i want to watch scenes mm. from that movie again but i don't want to necessarily yeah. like put the whole movie on and make it an event but like i want to see like your foster parents are dead and like all that stuff again because is that, it's, is that an important scene for you it's just it's so good where he's like ask, ab- yeah. ask the, about the dog the, the pan from her on the phone to the liquid metal yeah. arms stabbing up through the dad's and you knew skull. what happened for like two good. minutes oh, yeah. like you yeah. know yeah. that Milk guy's dead out of the floor <laughs> yeah it's good stuff yeah also will your wife has been commenting incessantly i know and you have not acknowledged her at all well i didn't want to interrupt you two boys i i Listen, men over wives. I'm oh, just kidding. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt the flow of the conversation. But don't, Karen, don't was... be sexist. Subpixel over wives. Subpixel. <laughs> yeah. Um, she was telling us, yes, uh, the first Terminator was '84 or '85, and then T2 was ten years later because that makes sense because he was supposed to be ten years old. I think the the child it was the '90s. T2 uh, yeah, was in the '90s. T2 was '95. Karen, okay. I'm offended for you. Damn. So you know. Damn. Um, also, I did. I did want to say something just real quick about you mentioned how you thought the CGI held up really well. I think, at least in part, because CGI was obviously just getting its its start back in the '90s, they had to be so incredibly intentional about how they shot and constructed everything that, like, it almost couldn't fail. Like. Mm-hmm. Like if, if it didn't work, they would have scrapped it. They would have been like, we need to find a different way of doing this. But like the fact that they uh, like Jake said, like they storyboarded everything very meticulously and they knew exactly what each effect would look like, because if I remember correctly, they like they worked with the storyboard artists and the CGI artists to like what's possible. They were like, what can you can you make it so that it it's it's similar in what we're thinking we're going to see to what we actually can do? And they don't really do that today at least not to the same effect i'm sure i'm sure certain uh films do that but like yeah. marvel is is not meticulously for months planning like every little thing like they're changing things up at the very last second which is causing chaos and and that's you know the the time and effort that's put into a single shot is not the same as it was back in the 90s and and i think that's sad yeah yeah it's, I, it's certainly cheaper apparently Oh yeah, I can't I mean, possibly. I don't understand. I don't understand how, like, not that this is just going to be a movie podcast for a whole hour, but I don't understand. <laughs> I how mean, I'm not upset if it is the giant like VFX pipeline consistently creates stuff that's just so, eh, whatever. Mediocre. When, <laughs> when like, yeah, like Jurassic Park was 1993. And T2 was what you said, 1995. Um, and just like, where, where, where's, where is it? Yeah. Where is that? I think like options opened up and then people couldn't say no. So it was like, hey, what can you do with the dinosaurs? We can do X, Y, and Z with the dinosaurs. Okay, let's make that perfect. Versus, feel like- what can you do with a Marvel movie? Oh, I can change the skin tone on every single character. I can change the freckles. I can add hair. I can add blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay, so let's just film a green screen and then start with that. And then showcase quantum media. This to be my final thought. <laughs> okay. That okay. Return of the King is like the last 
really high watermark of um uh well integrated cgi um of like a giant blockbuster film of that kind obviously we still have great like like the films of Denis Villeneuve specifically i think are really intentional and methodical about how they use their digital effects but to be like return of the king is kind of that like the last big blockbuster to do it perfectly yeah yeah thanks and i i even i even have like issues not issues but like my i think my least favorite lord of the rings movie visually is return of the king because it's got a lot it, going it's on so it's so far removed from what fellowship looks like like fellowship looks obviously there's a ton of cgi in fellowship but compared to return of the king it mm-hmm. just is more physical and mm-hmm. it looks it looks more lived in like it looks it, it has that texture and return of the king is doing that more so with its technology. And I think that's why visually it's my least favorite, even though I love like the resolution of the story and, and how everything ends and everything. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with Jake. And that's why Hobbit high frame rate is the best version of the movies. Specifically that it. barrels we, down we the river scene. Oh my God. I, was... I downloaded two different uh, Hobbit cuts to compare them. Uh, because there's one of them, the M4 cut I downloaded, where they redid the CGI to get rid of certain scenes, um, which I'm very looking for. Like, I was watching the sample video, and I was like, oh, this is actually, like, pretty well done CGI. Like, like it's just, like, omitting things from the scenes. But I was like, it's still pretty well done. So uh, it's, like, four hours and eight minutes. So I'm like, I'll set aside, like, a Saturday afternoon and drink through it. Is that... Is that the is that the combined one where they combined all three movies? Into yeah, it's just all, all three into one movie. I brought yeah. Uh, yeah, it was two different versions: the M4 cut and I forget what the other one's called. And then both of them, those people, or I think it's just one person, separately edited their own, uh, like Gold Dol Gudar Goldar like side story with Gandalf into like a forty-five mm-hmm. minute, uh, little movie with like the Council of uh saruman and all that stuff so is there enough content for that wow that i mean 45 minute i mean it's not quite a movie but like i think that's i think was the bulk of of the content i think i was just so disinterested at that point (laughs) in the story oh man those movies are terrible the first one is fine it's fine first one's fine yeah and then the the smog and hobbit uh, the Smaug and Bilbo interaction in the second one is great, but that's the only good thing about that movie. It's like that Battle of Five Armies part is so... And it's like, Gosh. pans out from the Lonely Mountain to tons of mountains around the Lonely Mountain with, like, worms coming out of the ground. I was just like, yeah, what is going Dune. on in this film? Oh, I I yearn for the days when Guillermo del Toro was supposed to direct those, the oh, two man. movies... Ugh. That would have been crazy. Yeah, two movies yeah. would have been perfect, I think. Yeah. Uh, perfect amount of time. Uh, folks, that's been Movie Talk uh, here on Subpixel. If you like that Movie Talk, feel free to complain in the chat uh, and let us know. We'll bring it back next but week. Just we did 20, 20 minutes of film talk. and it We're pilot testing a new with, podcast. I'm no longer depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like, I hate 
Mads Mikkelsen from Hannibal still, and it just says, I am no longer mentally ill. <laughs> oh, that needs to be on a t-shirt. Subpixel Probably content. is. Check Redbubble. Red Put it up on our Redbubble. Dear Redbubble, I would like one shirt, please, of Mads Mikkelsen from Hannibal uh, saying... I wonder if you wrote that out and mailed them a letter if they would make it for you. It's probably they're probably coming up with an AI text prompt that can do that for you. Oh, and it orders the shirt and pays whatever you what the AI thinks is appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Seventy dollars <laughs> sounds good. I don't wear shirts as an AI, it's but it sounds about banana, right. Michael. The AI How copyrights it, it as well. <laughs> um. Okay, let's talk about the games we've been playing, folks. I've been playing video games. They're called video games halls of torment is a game i talked about last week uh it is a a a vampire survivors like uh where you're running around killing things it is in diablo one style so it is like uh that isometric style you're fighting bosses that have like different attack patterns and stuff and then you're killing ads and all that sort of thing uh ian and i talked about it briefly on his untitled goose game show he didn't like it that much uh he said it's a worse vampire survivors and I tried to play Vampire Survivors again this week, and I really can't get into it. Um, it's weird. I have 15 hours in that game, and I think that was all when the game was in early access or, like, first out. And it was, like, that newness of it. But now, uh, I think during Game of the Year last year, I think it was you, Kyle, who we were talking about how we didn't feel a drive to, like, do another run. I, I played, I think, like, six hours of it, and those six hours were great. Like it was, it was nice, and I love the music. I think the the score for that game is wildly awesome. Like it's just it rips. And then I put it down and never wanted to pick it back up again. I was like, okay, I've washed my hands of this game. So yeah. I I don't know. Some I part of me wishes I was like that for for games that are like that where you can literally just do endless runs. I don't have a game like that. Like I really. I, I pretty much once I finish a game's story, if it if it has a story, I I like don't really replay it unless it really, really, really grabs me. And if it doesn't have a story, I'm even less inclined if it's just like a procedural kind of generated thing. It's like I'll experience it, but then I'm done. So I don't know. I, I feel like I'm missing out or like there's something wrong with me at some point. But then it's just not for me. So I just have to be satisfied knowing I'm not as good as some other people, you know? <laughs> no, I think that's fine. I it, So yeah, Vampire Survivors, I had a little bit of that, but it was, it was never like I finished a run. It's like, I need to, I need to do another run. Um, Halls of Torment is exactly that. I finish a run and I'm like, oh, I just got this new piece of armor. Let me put it in my, in my fire build. And, and also a st- stats and builds is a thing I never do in video games. And if you go watch the archive of me playing Halls of Torment on stream from a couple weeks ago, I'm like talking about the different builds I've tried out and different stat boosts, boosts so, I'm getting so every you, like, time. Did it. You, yeah. Like, tried it. Yeah. I like I'm I'm good on Halls of Torment like the it's just something about it um that just feels really good and it's all like in your face like tells you exactly what to do. You have a giant quest thing that tells you all the quests. Uh, well, like except the ones you haven't unlocked, but it tells you exactly what you're getting, exactly how to beat it. And I think I went in Vampire Survivors. I was testing it out again this week, and I was like, "Oh, how do I get to this next level?" And I click on all the levels, and none of them tell me how to get to the next level. And I'm like, 
it's just like beat this for the challenge mode and i'm like i haven't gotten every level in this game i know there's more levels tell me how to get to more levels it is somewhat obtuse um and, and i don't know like again this is not a knock against vampire survivors vampire survivors is a fantastic game and halls of torment is totally right now like 90 percent vampire survivors in the diablo style like mm. that is true but also vampire survivors is a copy of a mobile game so we're not going to get into that argument uh but uh i am having a blast with halls of torment it's like i think it's like 10 bucks on steam I recommend it if you just want something to play while you're listening to podcasts or watching Star Trek or watching yeah, Star Trek. That's what I've been doing. Um, <laughs> it's very good. Um, secondly, I've been playing more Oblivion because I said to myself, should I play this list of games for game of the year or should I play more Oblivion? And we all know who won that <laughs> argument. Um <laughs> I finally Oblivion finished... is game of the year, folks. <laughs> yes, first mean, you heard it here first. I wouldn't be upset. Um, it is uh, it is a fantastic game. I love Oblivion. Everyone knows that. But I finally finished all of the achievements for the original game, and which means I could finally play Shivering Isles, which is a uh, DLC I've never played in. Is it uh, is it Oblivion. an official DLC or is yeah, it official? Okay, Shivering Isles DLC. Um. I did not know. I just thought it was like some quest. I did not know Shivering Isles was a new map. It's a whole new map I've never been on in Oblivion. And I lost my mind when I got teleported there. I had no idea. Um, it, the intro is really cool. You like go through this portal. There's a guy at like an interrogation table who's like, hey, you have to agree to this to enter. And so you agree to the thing and then he leaves the room and then all the walls disappear around you and you're just in the middle of a forest or like in the middle of a plane or whatever. Uh, and you just like stand up and you're in the map walking around. Hmm. Um, it's really neat. I'm like 25 minutes into the DLC. Um, but I just wanted to share that. I had no idea. I like just thought it was quests in the main game. I had no idea it was its own place with like its own monsters. There were new monsters I've never seen and there were new potion materials. Uh, and and also like armor. everyone's kind of crazy in it's like a different plane of existence and everyone's kind of crazy. And there's one guy who just talks about, he's like, there's a bag of bones over there stuck inside that flesh. We need to get those bones out. And I'm just like, <laughs> Okay, okay, buddy. Just don't the take my bones out of my flesh. Um, <laughs> I like my flesh a heck of a lot, a whole heck of a lot. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's very fun. It's very good. Um, moving on, Karen and I finished Escape Academy. We started it two years ago in 2022, and we had like four levels left. It's fun. If you have a friend you want to play Escape Academy with, I suggest doing that. I think it's only two-player. Uh, you can fly through them pretty quick. Uh, we skipped most of the story because it started to get a little boring. But the the missions themselves, some are, we only had to use a hint once on the very final one. And it was because I think we didn't understand what the, what the... There was like, you had to figure out what the puzzle meant and then do the opposite of that. And we just couldn't figure out what the puzzle meant to do that. So uh, it's a fun game. It's it's on Game Pass. It was just free on Epic Games. Uh, it, I I recommend it if for free. Do it. 
Um, Dead Cells, I'll wait to talk about. Real real quick, what what is Escape Academy? Oh, sorry. I I should have explained that part. Escape Academy. I don't know what it is. (laughs) It's it's basically escape rooms. Uh, You go to this this college, I think it is. You are going to this college of escapism, and you go around to the different classes, and you're doing escape rooms, and it, like, uncovers a storyline... And as you're going through the storylines, you're just doing more, more and more elaborate escape You find out that the college rooms. is woke. Yeah, the college is woke, and they just trying to escape from wokeness, and instead, I fell right into it. You got and trapped you... by it. Yeah, and you're a baby trying to escape the womb of this college. Uh, Hillary, Hillary Clinton's a character. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Uh, you're a young Donald Trump, um, <laughs> <laughs> a plucky boy. Uh, yeah, so it's it's just escape rooms. Uh, I've I've seen people play Escape Simulator, and that looks like a much more that. fun time. It uh, is. It's actually really fun. Um, we should we should do a stream of that sometime. I ooh. played that like three years ago. It's very fun. I like it a lot. I would do it's a, got a lot of charm. Yeah. Yeah, we Let's kept saying it. we're like, oh, that looks like more fun. Um, but well, it, there's it's no storyline. It's just it's just the rooms. <laughs> like that's all yeah, it is. That's true. Um, and there's a lot of like user created content in that it's 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 fun that's the other thing like there's there's dlc for this game it's got a season pass i don't know if all the dlc's out but Gross. i was like i'll buy the dlc pass when it's all out because i don't it's, it's not that big um uh sorry for not saying that uh dead cells i'm gonna skip because i'm not super far in it but i did play a little of the castlevania mode and the castlevania music remixes are really great uh they sound rocking uh, and then Lethal Company. We streamed Lethal Company with uh, good old Save Data. Kyle and I were there. Uh, it was a really fun time. And I just wanted to shout out, they added a new mode called Challenge Moon, where everybody who plays Lethal Company can select the weekly Challenge Moon. Uh, you get one day, you land, you have to get as much loot as possible back onto the ship and take off. Uh, and... You, uh, it's the same map every single time, which took me about three, three, three returns of that for me to realize that. Um, like, oh, and I went, <laughs> these oh. lights look very similar. <laughs> and, um, so you just, it's just, you like land, do it really fast. And there's so many monsters inside that moon. There were so many monsters outside the building. Uh, it was really fun. We did about, I want to say we did six or seven tries and yeah. we got down to the top 7000 was it yeah we were we were sub 7000 which start when we started we were at like 22 something oh we yeah, like 70, 70 yeah. Something. yeah and then we got we got 69000 which we were all happy about and then we were like we oh, could yeah. do better <laughs> and i think once we started our uh charge screaming that yeah. really that really gave us the motivation as we ran up to the the mansion that we were stealing from to 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 you know we needed some gusto but it was mm-hmm. fun i also there were a couple moments that i don't think because zach was streaming that like we didn't catch i laughed so hard at some of the stuff that happened that game is a it's it's a nightmare in the best possible way and there yeah. are just certain things that happen when no one it's like you and one other person where it's like just stupid stuff and i i was cackling with laughter it was it was awesome so it's, i i love playing it with other people yeah it's so good with other people um jake we missed you for sure um oh, i'm sorry it is it is wild that you're just playing that game and then you're just alone with someone and you're like 
I should make conversation with this person. Yeah. We're like, yeah. we're like in dark, scary hallways. We should at least <laughs> chat. Um, yeah. And it's just like a weird thing. Cause you're so used to multiplayer games that you're playing with people and you're in a discord server. So you're all talking to each other all at the same time. And I know I bring this up every time, but that proximity chat, it's just so good perfect. and it works so perfectly yep. and it's perfect for stream because there's the hectic ship moments. And then when you're out, out uh, there, uh, you're just with a couple other people and you can chat and it's just, uh, chef's kiss. It's, it's been out for what? Three months now, four months, something like that. Yeah. October 20 something. The amount of compilation videos of like best lethal company moments that are like four hours long and it 90% of it is really funny. It is a testament to how effortlessly like funny and charming and well put together that game is. So I, I love that yeah. game. I never not think about uh Jake and Vic with the coil heads <laughs> and Jake going, it's right behind me, isn't it? <laughs> it Too completely unplanned. <laughs> it's just it's just like uh oh, James Cameron couldn't write a better movie. Certainly could. <laughs> um it's just oh, James Cameron's lethal company. <laughs> oh man. Game over, man. <laughs> Jesus. Now Classic. I want to make one of those uh, uh, After Effects meshes. I, I, I want to see aliens in Lethal Company. I want to see a Catherine Bigelow Lethal Company because she mm. won the Oscar for directing and he did that cutaway to him is so funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like t 10, what, tw 12 years later? Still it's hilarious. So funny. Oh. <laughs> um let's move on kyle i'm gonna skip over to you uh okay because you were the second Why, person to fill out your games jake's, jake's games are more important than mine no i'm just kidding um i was i was actually i was wondering what jake was playing um and now i don't have to because i can read the list uh <laughs> talk about jake's games just... then <laughs> so all right so no i'm just kidding uh, uh well we already talked about lethal company uh lovely wonderful amazing game uh, still the best fun I've ever had in early access, which is uh, actually something I can proudly say now because most early access experiences are terrible. Mm -hmm. um, that that's it. So I'll skip to the next one. Uh, I'm going. I'm going backwards. Uh, a, a, a Jacob Terrio recommended game, Roto Force. I played. I think two hours, three hours of it, which was all that was required of me, and it's. It's difficult. It is not like easy. And I am I am not uh, particular. I don't I don't have any kind of uh, anything against those types of games. I'm not good at them. Like, I'm just not I'm not great at them. But I will say there was about maybe like an hour in it. Something finally clicked. And I was like, I get it. Like, I get what I'm supposed to do. And I was engaging with it a lot more than I thought I would, even though I died so many times. But it's a lot of fun. It's it's all just you're playing basically on the edge of an interior of like a shape of like a circle or a square or a rectangle. And um, what kind of game is it called, Jake? I don't I mean, even know. It's, what like, the... it's a bullet hell or a shoot em up. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's like a bullet a hell. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a it's a shmup and uh, a lot of different enemy types and different weapons and uh, styles that you can choose to, to play as far as movement. You can like teleport and like snap to like different edges and you're doing this all while everything is shifting as you move. So it's kind of got this circular 
like ocular effect, which is really interesting. And the music is awesome. I really like the music in it, um, but it's not for me. Like, like I don't enjoy I wouldn't enjoy beating a game like that, but the experience was definitely really unique. And I can tell that there was a lot of um, uh, a, a lot of effort was put into like the minutia of like the, the it's the little tiny things like the the animated uh, pixels around certain enemies, even when they die or when they shoot or when they get hit, like stuff like that. I really appreciate the the artistry that goes into that. So mm-hmm. I, I liked it. I had fun. Um, Jake, how many you've beaten it? Have you have you gone back? Well, to no, play? I actually I haven't I haven't rolled credits on it. I think there's oh, like a level selection has like nine levels. And I think I've done uh five or six of them my problem was i took a break from it and then i tried to jump back into like the three star difficulty levels and i was like i need to go back to one and build (laughs) build back up um so that's why i haven't finished it but i i I mean i can look at my steam see how many hours i played but um no i don't really care um i I was just being polite. No, um, it's 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 good. I I can see why why you recommended it for game of the year. Um, it's it wasn't on my list, but I was glad I played. Or maybe it was on my list. I can't remember. Um, because we had to put twenty, and after ten, I was like, I don't care. Yeah, just same. put whatever. Yeah, that was way too many. <laughs> yeah, it way was too so, many. I I said I was like keep it at 15 and then ian was like no we're gonna do 20 because of the stupid asinine way that i want to do this and sorry ian i know you're gonna watch this and be really upset that i said that um but uh yeah i don't know i think it's so stupid that we have to do 20 every year it's too many games like, i didn't many even games. play 20 games from 2023 I, I, played, I played 35 new games and only like 10 or 11 of them were from I, last year so. i will say his his correction to us doing it by position average rather than the point average made way more sense and i think saved our asses on this i don't year's... think I, I stopped reading after a certain time i was like they'll figure it out i'll just show up on the day and record it it's the green number <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but thank you karen for putting that together for us i uh, you you are a treasure um no i i i appreciate the fact that ian and you like put that together i just i can't I can't think about it because it's just too much for me. Um, I got I got other shit to worry about. Um, the last game is Baldur's Gay 3, uh, which is a game about uh, being similar as possible to Mass Effect without being Mass Effect and um, trying trying to be Mass Effect times like a thousand in the amount of choices that you can make. I have sunk almost 100 hours into this game. I do not like it. I do not like Baldur's Gate 3. I'm saying it here. It did not make my list, not even in my top 20. I have never wanted to connect with a game more and been met with utter indignant, like just rudeness from the game towards the player. The amount of crashes that I have had playing this game, the amount of choices that are taken away from you and then given to you and then taken away again because of one bad rolls, which are not fun. Like, it's not a fun gameplay element. I'm sorry. Like, it's the the the, the dice roll. The RNG stuff is interesting, but as a gamer, as someone who wants to experience a story the way that I 
I know it can be experienced. I hate the fact that I have resorted to save scumming constantly, like constantly. It is it is a function of the game that I do not want to engage with, but it forces me to engage with. And it's different no matter how similar it wants to be to D&D, um, f- what, 5e is what it is, the, mm-hmm. the, the complex that it's, it's trying to channel. Um, it is not that. It is not the same as playing D&D in person. It doesn't react the same as an actual human DM would, no matter how many permutations they allow for. It doesn't represent that to me in insofar as I've experienced playing. I've played like three or four different campaigns with actual human DMs, um, and those have all been better experiences than Baldur's Gate 3. I don't think the writing is particularly good. I don't think the graphics and the animation are particularly good. I don't think it's particularly cinematic, and it wants to be really, really badly. And I cannot... St- the, I think the ultimate nail in the coffin for me is I can't stand playing it. I I hate moving the camera. I hate the fact that whenever I go through a doorway and try to click beyond the doorway, it opens or closes the door instead of pushing my character through. I hate the fact that when I go into a new area and click forward, if the camera's in the wrong position, it pulls you back to the area that you previously went to. And I, I just have never been so frustrated by a game that so many people are in love with, and I can't understand why. It doesn't make sense to me that that this many people and this amount of like verve that's behind the excitement and hype for this game just completely fell dead when I played it. And and I I don't like it. I really don't. I don't think the music is particularly good. Um, it, it doesn't it just doesn't do it for me. And I'm the type of person who like wants this type of game to work for me. Like I love RPGs. I love these deep uh winding stories that you can really create to be your own. But I think they went for a level that was so far and above what other games have done that it actually ended up detracting from my experience because they went past a certain point of like experiential systems that you can play with. And it just did not connect for me. So that's my thing with Baldur's Gate 3. And I'm, I'll probably reiter, reiterate this on our, our big talk, but uh, that's that's what I thought. That's I, you know the craziest thing to me is that you put a hundred hours in a game you don't you, that you hate. Uh, I, I want to, to I want to understand why I don't like it, and I'm still trying to figure it out because I'm not done. I'm in Act Three. I only have like a couple quest lines left that I that I have access to. Oh, the next the stupidest thing, <laughs> oh, the great. dumbest thing that I cannot stand is that it locks you out of the first two acts as soon as you go to the third. There's there's so many quest lines that are arbitrarily closed because they decided the the um Larian decided we're just not going to let you go back there. You can go back to act one in act two. Like you can Mm. go back between those two. And I was like, okay, that holds that. I know that there's a warning that comes up when you leave the act one area and go to the act two area. It says, hey, finish up stuff in act one. But it doesn't say you can't go back. So you go into the Shadowlands and you go into the underworld or the, the underground, the cave stuff. And it's like, oh, wow, this this game is like really huge and it's it's opening up. And then you're like, oh, I can go back to where I was before. Like I can go back to, to there and finish up like any little quest lines that weren't automatically closed out. And then as soon as you enter 
Act Three, which is Baldur's Gate in, in like but proper the city. The the big three areas or four areas that you previously encountered and and have open quest lines are just automatically shut out, and I don't understand why they did that. I I, I I'm sure there there's a systems logic to it that like. Behind the scenes, they're like, well, like we didn't want you like it, it would break certain things. But as a player, there's so many things that it's like I was planning on going back to that. Like I was planning on going back and they even have the whole, and I'm, I'm sure maybe it's in the epilogue or something. Spoilers, when you beat Act 2, uh, depending on if you're uh, like how you play, I, I played like Paragon. Will has has sat back for everyone watching the podcast. Um uh, listening to the podcast sorry I, I know i'm harping on this a lot i just i really don't like this game um i don't even remember what the hell i was talking about the the it's stupid that you can't go back to act one and act two i think it's really stupid okay okay sorry i haven't been it yet i'm in act two um no that's that's great i like i listen i'm all for dissenting opinions that's fine with me yeah. everyone's entitled oh, to yeah. their own opinion however wrong they are um uh-huh. no no i think sorry, that's great I'm, i, I Ian wasn't here today, so I had to take over being a hater. <laughs> no, that, I, I genuinely, like, I'm not happy you don't like that game, obviously. I love that game. It has changed mm. my life in 2023. But I think to to a game having done that to two people have the exact opposite effects is crazy. And it is what gaming is about. So it's like, yeah. I can't be mad at it. I'm not going to argue with you that you're wrong because it can't change your opinion if that's what happened to you you know um yeah i think that sucks but um but i'm glad i'm glad you can articulate it i see i'm terrible at articulating why i love and hate things so and i didn't write any of that down guys that was all at the top of my head which is large i can fit a lot of crap up there (laughs) a lot of crap um that was kyle's baldur's gate 3 rant uh we'll be sending that to larian and on a vhs Um, oh, I've already sent them a very strongly worded letter. <laughs> strongly it's, worded it's letter. Um, I will say I didn't encounter any bugs with that game until Karen booted it up like a week, two weeks ago, and it just turned her computer off every time she tried to run it. And I'm still encountering bugs. There, there was a, really? there's a, a a thing in Act Three that happened. This I'm going to generalize completely. You don't have to take your headphones off. Um, there's a, a moment in one of the major quest lines where you have to save somebody. And I saved the person like I did what I was supposed to do and then clicked on them to talk them hard crash to my desktop every single time. I did it five times in a row. Damn. Just why? Like how? That's a major quest line. And I, I, it, it, it was bad. I figured out Karen's, which was she saved with her camera looking at like 50 goblins and fires. And it's I assumed like a VRAM thing. Yeah, I was just trying to load that. So I yeah. like lowered all the settings, loaded her in, walked like 15 feet away, bumped everything back up and saved over there. And I was like, there, she could pick it up there. Smart, smart. Um, <laughs> hi, Halucha. Yes, new camera angle. I bought a new thing for my camera. And instead of putting it back where it was because it arrives tomorrow, Wait, just, is this the lens? Is this the new lens? Yeah, this is the new lens. Doesn't it look good? The it lens. Does. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your help with that, Kyle. I was when you said it was good to all, go. I was all like, I said was you picked it. I was just like, yes, this is good. I get so anxious 
when it's like like cameras i know enough you guys know way more but like lenses and apertures and that sort of th stuff i know nothing about so i was like let me just check with the people who are smart um the other great thing about it is my old lens was the stock one so it like retract into the camera every time hmm. and now this one doesn't do that so uh I don't have to change the focus every single time and like <laughs> I do the weird like lean back and focus to try to get this it right to get it, the, like the mid ground because yeah I the, hate to. <laughs> the, the fucking this camera doesn't send zebra li or zebra lines the red lines through yeah. uh through the HDMI, which is a good because they don't show up on this camera, like here. But I just but it, want it them makes for it a harder bit. to, yeah. Um, I I'm using the the C100 right now, and I'm using this real tiny uh, 24 millimeter pancake lens. And thank God for Canon, it has autofocus, so I just oh. set it to like face find, so I can like move like back, and it'll like it'll focus nice. for me and stuff. I think yeah I so normally on. my camera's here it's on a thing that i i literally have to unplug the camera and unscrew it every time i moved it so now i got a little like plate thing that goes onto that so i won't have to also, do that every time because i gotta start yes, using my camera for work now Ugh, gross Ugh. uh halucha you can bully me at least i don't know if jake has the the chat up but i do thank you for saying my head is large and beautiful yeah it jake is. i wouldn't pull I don't it up unless you cry up. Um, mm -hmm. so that's that's the meanest thing I've ever read about it. I live in ignorance. <laughs> anytime, anytime I get on stream, it's just me coasting for an hour. <laughs> that's incredible. Speaking of coasting, can you tell us about the games you coasted this week? Uh, yes. Well, this is actually this goes back to these are all the games I played since Christmas because I wanted oh. to talk about them, and some that I played last week and was going to talk about last week before uh, the stream plans fell apart. Um, yeah, sorry. The quick ones, uh, Venba, the uh, the cooking narrative cooking game, mm -hmm. uh, good, great art, great music, way shorter than I expected. It was just like like two or three hours, or maybe even less. Um, so I could have done with a lot more complexity and um, game. I understand that it's it's like semi autobiographical, so I understand mm -hmm. that maybe there wasn't a lot of room narrative wise to you know stretch or add or whatever so that's it was what it was it was nice it was fun it was beautiful um but i could have i could have sat with it for many more hours mm -hmm. um super mario brothers wonder he's monitor the chat because there's gonna be some bullying incoming well um, you're already being called a fake 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 bitch by halucha <laughs> well so. this let's let's add more fuel to that flame um the only 2D Mario I'd ever like side scrolling Mario I'd ever played before Super Mario Brothers Wonder was World 1 1 on the Game Boy. Um, Wait. Super Mario World 1 1? Or I don't even know. It's just that the classic World 1 1 that everybody. That, so like, like NES Mario, helped. probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, that's the only side-scrolling Mario That's I'd wild. ever played. I've never completed a side-scrolling Mario game. Um, Same here. What? Yeah. I've never so, beaten a side-scroller. I got Wonder, because I think Ian, I can't remember if Will, if Will or Ian, one of you added it to the Ian list. I'm like, I'm okay, I'll play. Um, and so I think maybe a little bit of it is lost on me in terms of its 
inventiveness and it's like mixing up the formula because I don't really have anything to compare it to. It's just like, oh, fun platforming Mario game. Um, and that's just kind of how I've been feeling through it. I'm like, mm, okay, platforming Mario. Levels do fun stuff, singing piranha plants, turn into an elephant. Okie dokie. Mm. Um, so it's just kind of, uh, you know, it's fun, but it's not anything super fantastic in my mind yeah um and i wonder if it's because i don't really have you wonder i'm not yeah i wonder (laughs) i'm not really able to appreciate it as much as someone who has a deeper knowledge of the previous side-scrolling marios before it i am i i i haven't played it jake and i think i still agree with you i don't know why they made mario side scrollers after going 3d um (laughs) I love Super Mario World. It's one of my favorite games of all time. The original Super Mario 1 through 3 are pretty fun. The uh, Doki Doki Panic one, that one's pretty good. Um, but uh, other than that, I, I, I don't know why. I, I just like 64 is great. Uh, Galaxy's great. Sunshine, sure. Uh, um, Odyssey's I can, great. I can, I can um, answer that question for you. Because they sell really well. That's why they make them. So I will say, as not not to interrupt your thought, Will, um, but I'm totally going to. Um, Jake, you and I are on the same wavelength as far as never having finished like a mainline Mario side scroller. I actually really liked Wonder. Um, I think it was sort of the maybe like the the distillation of all the different side scrollers that I've played over the years that I've never finished, like finally culminated into something that it's like, oh, hey, this clicks for me. And it was it was in the again, like the little things like the the fact that like there's a um, the the Goombas where it's like there's two in a line or three in a three in a row and you step on the first one and the second one will like watch you as like, oh, shit, that's going to happen to me next. Like it's those little <laughs> tiny like those little tiny moments. I thought it was just utterly charming and really just fun and pleasant to look at. And, and I don't know, I, I just, I, it, it made me feel better playing maybe because it's so bright and colorful and saturated and happy. That's like what I needed when I played it. I honestly mm. probably should go play it again. Um, but I, I really liked it. I thought that it was, like I said, it was charming and it, it was, the controls were so tight. Like I, I played mm-hmm. mostly on the pro controller and I, everything was like whip sharp as far as where Mario went is exactly where I wanted him to go. And um, I don't know. I I really connected with it as someone who has not beaten any Mario side scrollers that actually surprised me. So sure. I don't know. And I should reiterate, I certainly don't dislike it by any stretch. Oh, yeah. No, I I didn't mean to say that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Fun Mario game. But it's like, I also, I expect that from Nintendo. Uh, I would be more surprised if I, actively disliked it yeah um, but um yeah that's yeah super i should Mario be like wonder. every time they announce one i'm just like that's great i don't really want to play it like yeah again yeah, not actively nintendo's gonna deliver anything. another solid well-made product yeah exactly. <laughs> it'll be yeah. qa to death yeah i think that's nintendo's problem is they have to make something that's really exceptional for us to be like oh yeah new awesome nintendo whatever because they just consistently make good stuff halucha so. just said that the new sub pixel series should be uh 
<laughs> Jake and me play through side-scrolling Mario games speedrun style. So basically the series that we have right now, but just with me I mean, and Jake I could certainly playing try Mario to, Yeah, try to speedrun Mario, Mario, but then... one in like five minutes. Two more. Oh. Two more games to talk about. Okay, no, go, uh, go, go, go. Sorry, we have three minutes. Uh, I'm just kidding. Amnesia the Bunker. Um, okay. This was one, I know it came out in 2023, and so this was one I'm like, I like Frictional's other stuff, so I want to give this a, the, a go in preparation for the Game of the Year discussion. I, I really liked Amnesia Pistol. the Bunker. Um, I really liked it. I, I actually, I've played Dark Descent, didn't finish it, didn't play Machine for Pigs, or um, scary. Uh, Rebirth. Soma. Uh, I've played Soma <laughs> multiple times. Soma rocks. 2015 Goaty. Um, and I've played one of the Penumbras, which I think is like the earliest frictional stuff. Mm. Um, really liked Amnesia the Bunker. It's pretty short. Um, I liked that it is like not open world, but it kind of is. The bunker is all interconnected. Open um, bunker. And yeah, like they they a new thing for the amnesia games. They give you a gun and then they immediately make you terrified to use it, to oh, ever it's... use it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but I just like, yeah, it had one of my favorite uh, moments uh, like, you know, gaming. I mentioned this in the discord gaming moments of 2023 <laughs> where um, uh, Kyle, how far did you get in spooky? Pixel? Like almost two hours, but not, not anything past that. Okay. Um, so there's a, a point where you have to, you're trying to find, there's little like key codes on the back of some of the dog tags that you can use yeah. to unlock lockers. And you're looking specifically for one that I can't remember. You're trying to, it's, you get the lighter or the wrench or something, but you know whose locker it's in. And so you're looking specifically for them and yeah. someone's like, you find a note that's like, oh, I'm going to, oh, you know, hole up in the pillbox because then the monster can't get me. And so this was maybe like three or four hours in, you know, the claustrophobic bunker, it's dark, whatever. Finally get up into the pillbox, you climb up into the ladder and suddenly you're kind of above ground again. You're still in, you know, the protective pillbox, but that's the sliver of a window in the concrete wall and the sky outside of the window is so beautiful. <laughs> you're like, oh there it is there's i'm trying to get there and i was just like just looking at the sky for like a second and then a bullet like ricochets off the the concrete like you hear the crack of like bullet impacting on concrete and then duck down and i'm like oh yeah i forgot world war one is happening <laughs> outside oh my God. like That's i had actually been, legit I, yeah, I'd gotten so caught up in like my own little world down in the bunker that then you're like, oh wait, World War One is still going on. <laughs> the horrors. Like I can okay, so I'm gonna try to get out of this bunker and then I still have to contend with <laughs> trench warfare right over there. Um that was really cool. Um but um yeah, Amnesia the Bunker, solid, liked it a lot. I'm I'm writing a video about it. We'll see when it comes out, probably a year from now. And then I played uh, Cyberfunk 2077 Phantom Liberty, uh, having not played uh, the main game on release. Mm -hmm. But this was one that I 
somebody one of the one of y'all added it to the game of the year discussion um so it's like okay kyle said it um i had a weird (laughs) arc with uh cyberpunk um Start, started strong with that i remember you were telling us about the uh the glitch that you encountered oh yeah oh yeah that very first mission when when yeah. delamain just went crazy <laughs> prior to going crazy so funny in a it's actual it's narrative so sense. funny because it's such a classic glitch like mm-hmm. it's it's like everyone has experienced that and i was like it's like a point of pride at this point where it's like oh, yeah you got it you got to experience the jank I did have the my one I had one ongoing problem in the first couple hours, which was if I would save the game and then go do something else upon quick resume within three or four minutes of continuing play, the little save icon in the top would start spinning. And it would linger there for minutes on end and you're, never you're playing go on away. Xbox, the Xbox. OK, um, and it meant that I couldn't reload. Mm. checkpoint or save a new checkpoint so i had to like be aware of it because sometimes i would not notice it immediately and then i would do like a couple more minutes of narrative stuff and then i would get to a point where then the new narrative stuff wouldn't load because the game still thought it was saving something um but then you know i figured it out and eventually it went away i don't know why um but the first couple hours i definitely had trouble with that uh at some point during the main what i assume is like the main kind of narrative of you know you get the relic that has keanu reeves in it and you're like okay we have to uh separate our consciousnesses or we're both gonna die at some point during the navigation of that story thread i ended up in the phantom liberty story i was like (laughs) oh this is really well integrated like i i totally had in my mind that i would do the main cyberpunk stuff and then do phantom liberty to get like the whole experience but suddenly i was like oh i have organically ended up in the phantom liberty stuff and i kind of like what it's doing i'm gonna pursue this because it seems like the the game doesn't mind that i'm doing that the game seems to be totally okay with that um I did for like the first 10 or 12 hours of cyberpunk. I kept thinking to myself, I wish I were reading a book. <laughs> like I had just funny um, because like, yeah, that's like where the, it started. The gameplay wasn't necessarily clicking with me. And I don't think the gameplay fully ever clicked for me. I was definitely much more interested in the storytelling that was happening. Um, but the gameplay was not clicking in such a way that I was like, I like the narrative stuff. Like I just, I want to just like read it. Um, But um, no, I really ended up, I really ended up liking uh, cyberpunk. I didn't have any of the comically like uh, besides Delamain driving (laughs) off a cliff in that (laughs) opening mission. Um, I didn't have any of like the comically like, you know, people sitting on top of their cars or T posing or any kind of weird um, visual issues Dang. like that nothing Missing nothing game breaking aside from the weird save bug um but no i i really ended up liking the the story of phantom liberty i don't know like it 
felt like kind of enough of a, of a resolution. I don't know how soon I will dive back in to try to finish the main stuff. Um, but um, yeah, like the, all the Idris, all the Idris Elba stuff was good. The kind of I don't know, just a lot of good, a lot of good narrative stuff in there. And I did like, though, at first, anytime somebody would be like, I'll call you back in a day when I have an update for whatever. And I'm like, I guess I got to do other stuff now. Like it wasn't until several dozens of hours in that I've noticed down in one of the interfaces, it has like a passage of time button. Yeah. Where you, you can like can, sleep or whatever. Yeah. Um, where I would just be like, oh, I guess, you know, it's kind of forcing me to go do other stuff while I wait. And I did appreciate that because I did end up doing a couple of the side missions that were pretty fun. Um, but, um, yeah, there's a lot nice. to talk about and I could talk about it for a while, but, um, I'll save it. Yeah, I am. I am in the midst of Phantom Liberty because I'm trying to finish up Baldur's Gate and Phantom Liberty is going to be the next thing that I finish up. And I did what you did, Jake, which is I started completely over because I beat the my first playthrough was, I think, 80 some hours. And I wanted that fresh experience of like, well, I know they've reworked a bunch of stuff. They've redone mm -hmm. all the skill trees and, and the RPG elements are like tightened. I don't um, I'm I think five, eh, eight hours into the game now, and it's still not like perfect. Like it's not. It's not all there, but it's way more there than it was when I first played it. And I'm I think the same complaints that I had for the original game the, on the original patches that they put out, I have those same complaints but less so but the same positives that i had which was the storytelling the world building the acting um the unfolding of events uh as you trigger them which mm -hmm. were all big highlights in my first playthrough are still the highlights for what i've experienced so far at phantom liberty so i'm very excited to finish it and uh idris elba is great and mm -hmm. it's he's a wonderful addition so i i have positives to say which is why i put it on my list i will be very interested to know how you resolve the phantom liberty i really want to get to that where we talk we can talk about the different choices we made not that ian ian will never get there but, <laughs> uh... well and the the i i have to, we actually have to wrap this up quite soon um but mm -hmm. uh, the one thing i heard and i'm i will i don't know if you finished did you finish phantom liberty or did you did you I not try it, it or i, okay. I want to go back but i'm not sure yet I heard that Phantom Liberty unlocks several different final ending paths for the Ooh. end game, end game. So that's Ooh. sort of what I'm curious about doing because I did, I think, I, <laughs> I, I saved right before your final choice with Hanako or Hanako or whatever, and I did like three or four of the original endings. Mm -hmm. And so I'm interested to see what those additional endings are, but haven't gotten there yet. Should we jump straight to wishlist spotlight so that Kyle can? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've got to skedaddle soon. Sorry, uh, Apple Vision Pro, you're too expensive. Yeah, there wasn't <laughs> a, a ton of crazy news. There's a there's an Xbox thing next week. Uh, uh, Twitch, the Switch Two rumors? Discord, question mark. Got rid of this stuff. Yeah. Switch to Game Shark. Yeah, you uh, put so much spotlight. work into into having a really good news reel, and we're skipping over. I'm sorry. Uh, I ranted about Baldur's Gate and too I put much. a couple in. But honestly, I was going to cut most of it. And I think, honestly, I think Ian would cut most of this too. And he put most Probably. of it here. So, 
Well, do do wish list because I'm interested interested to see what this is, or whoever put it on there. It's is the it spotlight. Jake's? I didn't put it on here. Okay. I did not put it on. Okay, there. okay. I'm really confused because this was on last week's wish list spotlight, and oh, heck. and and Ian. I said Ian, go for it, and he said no. You put that there. I said, oh, it must have been Jake, and I don't remember putting it on the old one, but now I have to go check because I'm the only person who knows what this game is, which is mystery game, which is scald against the black priory who I've been following this guy for like four or five years. And when I saw it on here, I was so excited. Someone else on the team saw it and put it on here. Cause I had no idea it was coming out in like 1.0 or whatever. And, uh, so anyways, I guess I'll do it. Maybe I did put it there and I'm just get so blacked out drunk i don't remember it um but it's a problem be. you have yeah it's a huge problem uh <laughs> yeah um scald against the black priory uh it is a it, it looks like ultima one two three four it is an old school rpg top down uh you're walking around these cities um the crpg i'll read the little thing here on steam scald against the black black priory is a retro style party based rpg set in a grim dark fantasy world of tragic heroes violent deaths and lovecraftian horror choice matters as you explore the engaging branch branching story mixed with crunchy tactical turn-based combat and character customization um just the look and like commodore 64 amiga graphics of this game just look beautiful uh, like I said, I had followed this guy on Twitter for a long time, uh, back when it like he was updating the art style, the visuals. Uh, I just think it looks gorgeous. Um, there's a couple screenshots here that remind me of the Ultimate Ultima Four uh, screen. So uh, go check that out. Wishlist that on Steam. This helps developers. Oh, there's a demo out as well. This helps uh, developers uh, get numbers it shows steam that there's interest in the games uh even if you don't buy it wishlisting is good and helps them out uh and uh yeah i think that's i think that's super great uh we gotta get out of here because kyle has to go rescue a few puppies on a ledge uh in the middle of manhattan uh look for it in your theaters next week i'm gonna hit the outro button here which means we're gonna get the heck out of here boys thanks for being here this week that was super fun uh, film talk was a good time. We all decided as a group that Terminator movies are bad, uh, which is crazy. A crazy thing to think of. Uh, can't wait to watch Terminator 3. I heard it's the best. Uh, it's going to be a great, great time. Uh, folks, subpixelfilms.com is where you can go find all of our awesome content. Uh, go check out. Buy something from our Redbubble. No one has, so you could be the first. Um, other I than have. us. I bought stuff. Uh, sorry, other than us. <laughs> um... That's Kyle over there. You can find him at Kyle of the Beard. That's Jake down there at underscore Jake Terrio on Twitter. Both of them on Twitter. I'm Will at Hunt270 at Subpixel Team on a lot of different things. Uh, We'll be back this weekend, Saturday at 4 p.m. with more Psychonauts with David and Will. That'll be super fun. And then Tuesday, more Speedrunners, Untitled Goose Game. It's actually going really well. Bye.